You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. All right, welcome everybody. It is another episode of the Unofficial 40. Carrie Murdoch here back in studio along with Eddie Radosevich, Joe Duvall, and uh, Josh McQuistian joining us from his studio. And it is Ohio State. It is almost time. It's a Thursday. We're recording this podcast. A lot of you guys be listening to it Thursday night, Friday, maybe even Saturday on your way into the game. Uh, but all kinds of stuff kind of coming down today and last night. Uh, really, last night, nothing to do with on the field. We find out that uh, Devonta Lampkin... And uh, Dwayne Orso both suspended uh, for six games uh, because of what happened at the bowl game last year. First off, uh, hello, everyone. How are you doing? Josh, how are you today? I'm good, guys. You know, uh, how's, how's just, Mr. Mom life treating you? Mr. Mom life is good. You know, took the little one to school this morning and now just kind of uh, killing time to go get her. It's, it's funny that work has become kind of killing time in between taking and picking up the kid. I told, I told somebody earlier today if uh, it just got me thinking of it. School, if I was still in school, school would be done for the rest of the week. I would not be going to any more classes. Did you would, party tonight? Oh, yeah. like Ohio State guys would probably be coming, like Fiji's from Ohio State. Yeah, they probably, probably be come arriving. in. There'd probably be a couple guys come in. We never really had too many guys come from other other. Uh, schools. But when it was a big game, like. Yeah, we had some K-State guys come in my freshman year, and they hazed us really bad really? the night before the game. Yeah, You let K-State guys screw with you? Yeah, best, of my re- best I can remember, one guy had to shave without shaving cream. It was pretty funny. Oh. Did you guys Ouch. have cla- You guys didn't have classes on Friday, did you? You made sure you got over that. Huh? I did my freshman year. I had Spanish freshman year at like 4.30 in the afternoon on Fridays, and needless to say, I made a D that semester. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those foreign language classes you got to do every day. It was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, like think, three times a week. I think I had Choctaw on Friday, but pulled an A somehow on that one. School would be done, though. We would we would put the books up. It was yeah. too big of a game. Correct. Way too big of a yeah, game. Yeah, same here. Well, uh, we're going to have to work, I hate to tell you. <laughs> um, you got, you got uh, high school football tomorrow night. Um, we're done with interviews for the week, which ended yesterday, so all the... I thought all the talking was over. Like, I thought anything that could possibly happen would happen already. Then lo and behold, I'm getting off the radio this morning. I'm driving back to Norman. I kind of I heard about this, but I wanted to get a story written this morning, at least before we did the podcast. Uh, and I had it all planned out. Talked to Bob a couple times about the whole bit, you know, the hugeness of the recruiting weekend. And as soon as I'm done writing that, I 
click on Twitter and SportsCenter has tweeted out a picture of Baker Mayfield with quotes from Austin Kendall. And I did see like Jake Trotter, of course, had made a story about it. He's a Big 12 blogger for ESPN. And I, when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's really weird. Like, Austin Kendall is trash talking? Like, where, where did that happen after the game? Like, because he came in and talked to the media after the game. And you know his whole backstory that his parents are Ohio State fans and stuff. And, and I just, and then I realized, oh my God, OU's in house media did this. Like, and I, I just had a picture in my head of Bob Stoops barging in the doors of Sooner Vision and going, hey, Mars Crest Pike. <laughs> Can I? That's a, uh, I, I would imagine, Mars Joe. I would imagine uh, Brandon Myers' head will explode uh, once he gets that call. The worst thing you oh can, he's gotten it oh yeah the worst thing you can do in that role is make Bob Stoops mad you do not want to make Bob Stoops mad or I mean him. I don't know how you can be so toned down I mean of all the things that Bob doesn't want I mean we guys we talked to the players I'm gonna play you a clip like here's Gino Lewis a senior who came in to talk to us the players were robots all week it was obvious that yeah. they had been coached up to not say anything incendiary at all, to give them no bulletin board. Like, here's Gino Lewis. Like, I wanted to slash my throat after this answer. What's your earliest memory of Ohio State as a program? Do you remember that team that beat Miami in the national title game? No, I don't really look at all that stuff and think about all of it. Um, I'm just focused on my team and us getting better each and every day. Yeah, thanks, Gino. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. Like, every player was like that. Every single one to a T had that attitude. Obo kicked it off with uh, just another game. Oh, yeah. Obo oh, was robotic in his press conference. And then it became clear very quickly that this was widespread, that this was a, a put out from the top to not say anything bad, which blows my and mind. people were, like, afraid. Like, if you oh, yeah. if you phrased Ohio State in their question, you could see it in their face. Like, Glazed oh, God. over. Yeah, it's over. I, 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 give, the, give the standard answer. It's just another game. We're going to work just as hard as we do any other week. I know it won't happen, but now I really, really think this is what you have to do. You have to go out and own it. You have to double down. Like Sooner Sports TV should. Yeah, like put out something with Baker Mayfield saying, "Yeah, we're gonna kick their ass this week." What he said. What what he what said, he is, said right. is accurate. Yeah. Yeah, their defense isn't gonna to, get their defense isn't gonna get better just because I said that, is you, it? You have to double down, or just be like, yeah, maybe Urban Meyer should spend more time with his family. No one is doubling down. If anything, Sooner Sports TV just lost access to practice today. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. I can see like Bob Stoops kicking Jessica Cootie out of practice today. Maybe not Cootie, but you, like on that track, we, it was already a little tenuous. You know, they they don't like anybody there. I mean. There are guys there that aren't anymore who are a little worse. I mean, Heupel did not want anybody around any of his quarterbacks. Uh, See, I think we have to explain this. Joe, You're this is a perfect podcast for you. I mean, you worked in those offices. Yeah. Uh, so now, for people that don't understand, I'm going to use the term in-house media. It's something that you see with uh, NFL teams. Like, Josh, like, this Houston, the Texans, do they have, like, a big in-house media thing that they... Like the Cowboys, you see it here. They have like post game shows like Brad Sham and and so. But like I know like Courtney Rowland who works at our Texas A and M site. She does some stuff I think with Houston's in house media or something. Actually, a lot of us know uh, a guy named John Harris that's worked in the Houston media market forever, and he's now one of the analysts for the Texans radio and TV stuff. And they so they have a big um, uh, I guess a big like you said in house media group. 
And that's something that you see more and more at schools as well, you know, as we all know. The Thunder that, have that's that. That's become a thing. Yeah, like the Thunder for people who are like Matt Pinto and... Uh, What's that guy's name? God dang it. Uh, the guy that does all the sideline the interviews. The guy that Russ said, Nick Gallo. Nick Gallo. That's the, that's the guy that uh, when Barry Trammell was like, uh, do you hate Nick Gallo? He's like, I love Nick. <laughs> so, the, yeah, I mean, like, so OU Sooner Sport, I mean, Joe worked for them. I mean, essentially... And I don't want you to like betray any confidences or anything like this, but essentially, Sooner Sports TV is there to be a media outreach for the athletic department, but you work with... You're essentially... I don't want to insult people by saying it's a PR deal, even though it's a PR deal. Um, but, I mean, essentially, you are the in-house media group that does all the, you know, really... Not like Bob approves it, but, I mean... You're the arm of the athletic department from an outreach kind of way. Yeah, the idea behind it is um, they have enough resources and they have whatever it takes to create their own media. And if they can create their own media, then they can create their own message. Um, and then you don't have to worry about independent journalists, people on the outside, fans, um, taking something the wrong way from their point of view, misconstruing something or taking a story that they don't want out there. They can have control over everything because it's all in-house. It's all right there. And... Well, you know, Bob Stoops isn't like getting everything, checking off on it, and even you know the the you know what how he feels. Essentially, right. you're supposed to know how he would feel about this getting out there. That getting right. Out there. I mean, I I was even I remember I, just to tell a story. I was reprimanded once because uh, I was a producer for the show Sooner Sports Pad, uh, the student show there, and I did a a feature where we walked around the South Oval and asked kids, you know, kind of what they thought about the basketball team and Oklahoma spring sports. And they knew nothing. They knew basically nothing about the basketball team. They didn't know anything about spring sports. So I made it kind of a funny feature. Like a Jay Leno man on the street. Yeah, kind of, kind of the same, like jaywalking kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, at the next staff meeting, I just got railed. Uh, why would we show our students that light? Why would we make our teams look like people don't like them? Um, stuff like that. And so, you're like, because it's funny. Because it's awesome. That's what I said. <laughs> there's, there's a guy who said. Did you really say because it's funny? Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, there, there, we had a kid who said... Was Joe Castiglione in the room? No, he wasn't in the room, but he was the one who saw it and didn't like didn't it. Didn't like it? Yeah, so we had a kid who said he was a huge tennis fan. Uh, he's like, I'm going to be the biggest tennis fan you guys talk to. So my favorite player is Andy Roddick. And we're like, okay, so who's the OU tennis coach at OU? Thinking this guy would know because... It was John Roddick. It's John Roddick, Andy Roddick's brother. This guy, No idea, man. Not even a clue. Just stuff like that. I mean, I that, 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 think that's pretty funny. And uh, It no, is funny. No. They do not like that kind of stuff. So, but I mean, that's the arm that did this. Correct. That let Austin Kendall say that. Do you have the quote in front of you, Eddie? The actual. He basically Austin said Kendall they play quote? a very basic defense. Yeah. Here I can. Do we have it? And that Baker's going to light him up. Uh, the Austin Kendall quote was exactly uh, quote. I think they have a really basic defense. I think we can go out there, and I mean. Baker, he'll light them up. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. If my number's called, I think I can do the same. End quote. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. First off, yeah, and that's on the Spotlight Show, which is pre-recorded. I mean, this isn't going out live, so that, that's something that could have been edited out after he said that. I tried to find it. They took it down, didn't they? Did the, they take it down from their website? I haven't seen it. I don't know. I don't even know when the show 
goes. Like, I don't even know when they air the show. Is it on a Wednesday morning? So this morning was something or? that was on television? ESPN has a tweet uh, for some somebody named Brandon Zimmerman from Ohio State. Yeah, it's a guy that runs a, a website. Yeah, so they have a video of it. I don't know how he got it, but it looks, I mean, it looks like it aired because there's the Fox College Sports logo in the top right. I but, think, go ahead, Eddie. I just think it's being blown out of proportion. I think it would have been bigger news if he would have been like, well, did you watch the Ohio or the, would you watch the Houston game? I don't know if Baker's going to do any good on Saturday. That's a bigger news story than him saying that he thinks he's his teammates going to light him up. No, I disagree completely. You think? I mean, this is classic bulletin board material. This is not as bad as like Larry Birdine. Yeah. But I mean, you don't if you're Bob Stoops, you don't what, a backup quarterback giving motivation to the other team during game week. But do they need more motivation to come in here and win? It's 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 not ideal. I mean, yeah. what if these guys, I mean, how many 30 sophomores and freshmen played on this team coming into this environment instead of being maybe a little intimidated, a little bit scared, they're coming in pissed off now. Well, there's only one thing that you can do about that if you're an OU player, and that's go out and can play well. Can you back it up? Yeah. And it's something that I think is that. Now, if you want to get into that conversation, that is a good good talking point because they have been in this situation before, and they have said things, and it hasn't gone well for them. Clemson I mean, last year. Yeah, just look no further than the Clemson game when they got their ass kicked in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what was it, uh, 2008 before the – Orange Bowl against Florida. Uh, didn't somebody say something? Oh, about that, that was offense? a bunch of BS. That was Dominic Franks yeah, Dominic just said Franks. the truth, which was Tim Tebow would wouldn't be one of the top four quarterbacks in the Big Twelve, which he wouldn't have been because you had Sam Bradford, Colt McCoy, um, is it Graham Graham Harrell, Gra- Graham Harrell, and then there was one, or he would have been the fourth best. Maybe I mean, is what he said. There's like Reesing and stuff, or Reesing, yeah. Chase Daniel, yeah, Chase Daniel. But I'm, you don't and say that. Colt though. McCoy, Sam Bradford. Chase Daniel, all still playing in the But you league. know Bob Stoops didn't hear that and go, well, you know, he's right. Well, he, no, he, I mean, he got mad. No, he got mad at the media, and he had every right to because they asked the question, and then when he gave an honest answer, they blew it up like he was talking trash. The Florida media did. There was a guy that was – I've told this story before. There was a guy, It's the guy that wrote uh, – just wrote Steve Spurrier's – Larry Williams or – not Larry Williams uh, – the guy that just wrote, he used to be a scout guy for Florida, Josh. I don't know if you remember. He was an older guy, had white hair. Um, but he was the guy that wrote Steve Spurrier's uh, book that just came out recently. Um, and he was back there pacing back and forth. Like, he was such a huge Florida homer. He was like, let me at him. Let me, I got to ask this kid a question. <laughs> I mean, it was just embarrassing. So, yeah, I don't, but, I, I'll uh, stick up for Dom Franks any week, day of the week but, on that one. But I guess the point is that you still don't want him saying that because the Florida people will run with it, just like the, the Ohio State people ran with the Austin Kendall quote. It's a lot different, though, saying Tim Tebow is the fourth best quarterback in the league with Bradford McCoy and Chase Daniel versus. Yeah, but if you're their defense is basic and Baker's going to light them up. If you're, that's, that's legitimate trash. Talk. If you're a Florida and you're a Florida homer, uh, especially, and Tim Tebow just won. Uh, you know, Heisman Trophy. Uh, you thinking? Okay, this is a little silly. Like you're gonna get, they're gonna respond how they're gonna respond, which I guess is the point of why Bob Stoops probably tries to just tamper down everything this week. Although I will say, when is somebody gonna be a Torrance Marshall? Right? He showed up at the Orange Bowl in 2000 and said, "You, you took my boy's trophy. I'm gonna I get think it back they from had you." That in Eric Stryker. Oh, that's Eric Stryker's a good one. He would have that in the Tennessee game, kind of back that up. But 
I, to Eddie's point, I think, uh, it, you know, what could it hurt if Austin just doubled down on it? It's already out there. Yeah, well, he's I not going to get the opportunity to double down now. He's never I, that, done that. He might. Like, imagine walking into that press conference and Bob, and say Ohio State had said something, and they're like, Bob, just going to get your guys more keyed up. He'd say something like, if they need to be more excited about this game, there's something wrong with them. Like, I, I don't understand how this is going to do more for Ohio State. If you're not jacked going into this game, you, you're you're asleep. Like, I, I don't even know. I, I don't know why this stuff matters. I don't know why it's a big deal. Like, it's a great quote. The thing that I find funniest about it is Austin Kendall, a guy who's played a half of a football game against ULM, is like, yeah, I could go in there and pretty yeah, much do the he's same feeling thing. It. Like, <laughs> that's the amazing part about it to me, not the other stuff. Yeah. It's that Kendall sees himself – on the same level as Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah, I'd shred him for 75% if I was out there. Two things. I think, one, I think it's a reflection of Lincoln Riley and the confidence that he has a little bit. And two, why is Austin Kendall even being interviewed? <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what value good is, is that? there? I don't, I, he played a half against ULM. I mean, what more needs to be said? You have to break down that ULM game somehow. I love it. I, I well, think somebody it, asked me, like, what's Bob going to do? Well, what Bob is going to do is never let Austin Kendall talk to the media for the rest of the year. <laughs> exactly. Unless he becomes the starter and he has to. I love all of it. I love every bit of all of this. It, it just amplifies the weekend that I didn't think could be any more bigger, and now it is. Well, yeah, this is what college football should be. I mean, to me, it's supposed to be a little bit of a circus. It's supposed to be some fun. This is kind of the elements that make college football a little special. Trust me, it's a lot better than this. What's your earliest memory of Ohio State as a program? Do you remember that team that beat Miami in the national title game? No, I don't really look at all that stuff and think about all of it. Um, I'm just focused on my team, and that's getting better each and every day. So bravo, bravo, Austin Kendall. There we go, yeah. Great job. I'm glad it happened. I'm sure Bob, I know Bob hates that it happened, but I'll take it. Stuff like this is why the me- – like, Kerry, you're talking about the media freaking out about the Tebow comment. This is why the media freaks out, because you give us weeks and months of garbage practice drivel, but when they actually give us something, what are we supposed to do with it? We're supposed to act like it's no big deal? Yeah. No, all we've heard is Ohio State is just another game. Who believes that? We're not stupid. Who actually expects that to be true? It is insulting. I mean, it really, that's what it comes down to. It's just just flat out insulting to think that guys aren't, you know, a little bit more excited at practice this week that coaches aren't out there saying things like, this is Ohio State, this is ULM, you better get your ass in gear. No, I mean, it's just like when the microphones caught Bob that one year screaming at his team, this is Utah State. I mean, it happens. I mean, people treat opponents as lesser than other opponents. It happens. To say that it doesn't is insulting to everyone's intelligence. Well, not to mention the fact that something that you asked Baker, Carrie, earlier this week, and I thought he gave a pretty good answer just in that, they lose this game. It's over. The season, yeah. pretty much for a national title aspirations, everything that went into this 2016 season is over. Yeah, they said they're in playoff mode, basically. I, I heard Eric Wren say that. Great answer for Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, they can't lose another one if they want to have a national title type season, which were, I'm guessing, their number one goals getting into the year was to get back to the college football playoff and win a national title. Well, and there's so much on the line in this game. And uh, one thing, I, I want to move on a little bit from Kendall. Uh, and just to get a couple of quick things out there, because I want to skip to recruiting as fast as we can. Uh, but one thing that happened last night is, trust me, this this was not like, oh, I had this tip, so I'm going to sneakily ask Bob a question in order to find out if Devontae Lampkin is suspended. Because, Eddie, you pointed out he wasn't even on the field 
And it really didn't even dawn on me until like midway through the game when they started getting all these guys in. And I I was thinking, man, I was standing over there during defensive uh, pregame and there weren't very many big guys over there. I wonder where Devonta Lampkin is. And they came out really late. Like uh, DLs came out as late as I ever remember them. Uh, Yeah. I, I guess so, yeah, they did, didn't like they? Like, DLs and OLs really came out late. Because you'll know. have your skill guys come out, they do their but thing. everybody was on the field, or I think it was linebackers and defensive linemen came out really late. Like, offensive line centers were out there. Yeah. Uh, it, you, but every position besides linebacker and defensive line had been out there. Uh, but I just asked Bob Stoops about Devontae Lampkin, because one, a lot of people on the board have been asking about it, I know. Like, what's his progress? How's he coming along? I threw that nugget out there, you know, a week ago or so about, well, you know, people I've talked to, and this is the truth, people I've talked to question whether he's not headed for the offensive line. Um, and so he was just talking to Bob Stoops, and it produced uh, kind of a shocker. Bob, how is Devontae Lampkin progressing? Uh, okay. Um, you know, he's uh, he's progressing. Not so, ready to play for you, though, yet at this point? Well, actually, uh yeah, he and Dwayne Orso are serving a six-game suspension. Wait for it. From uh, from the bowl game. What? So it's just like, first off, what do you do to get suspended for six games? Like, he was at the bowl game. Like, usually if it's something really bad, you get sent home. I think didn't Clemson send a guy home or a couple they, guys they home? They sent three home guy, three guys home. Yeah. The day before the game. And Devontae Lampkin was at the game, so they didn't send him home. Not only was he at the game, we talked to him at media day. Yeah, we did. Two days before the game. And he was in a great mood. And he was, he was fired up about, you know, the future and everything. Very odd. I mean, maybe, cool. maybe they were late for the flight coming home or something. I, but six, six games? Six games, man. How, how pissed off is Bob to still offer that all this time later? Like, you didn't ask him directly if he was suspended or if there was something like... Just, you know, why? what's he doing? What's going on with him? And then Bob still offers that it's that and it's that serious. That had to be something pretty legit. Well, it was kind of like I told you, Kara. We were trying to think last night of of times that guys have been suspended. Six games has to be one of the longer suspensions. Wasn't there a defensive lineman that was suspended for four games, maybe? He came, was Frank Alexander suspended for three or four games you're early in the season? His, you're thinking about his NFL career. No, I think I think Alex Williams, the offensive lineman, might have yeah. been like that. Okay, that was from Louisiana. Opie Walker, um, like I, you firing out the high school. I Man. remember that. Well, that was. Well, I'm not gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> I just can't think of a time that, that that Bob and the staff have suspended a guy for half of a season. I mean, what, what I cannot, however, remember the receiver, Josh. I bet you can. That was from Opie Walker that year. Uh, Tyler Stratford. Oh yeah. Boom! Yeah, yeah, Look at guy. that. That's, that's a machine. That that's we're sad. not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> I mean, a Jazz got a year, right? Jazz Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's a good thing. point. Yeah. yeah. Well, all those guys basically. Trey Franks. Trey Franks, right? This is yeah. I was but, gonna, then Trey Franks just quit, like after he finally got eligible. The slowest fast guy that ever lived. Camille like, Jackson was in that group of was Joe Powell in that group. Heads. Joe James Powell Hanks. was in that group of knuckleheads. That was just that 2010 Insight Bowl where they just got rid of everybody. Basically, that was that's one they of had the to, more the house cleaning. That's one of the more entertaining press conferences of all time. The day before the game, when uh, 
Bob dropped um, the. I, I've been spending ninety percent of my time working on ten. That was my question. I know too. it was awesome. It was absolutely <laughs> awesome. That was like at the height of pissed off Bob. Stoops. Oh yeah, that was. I'm. I'm. Cha- that was his. You know. We're and then 2011. They were number one team in the country going into that season. So he really put his foot down. I mean, he wasn't joking. He and I said. I think I phrased the question like. You know, have you ever put your foot down like this before or something like that? And then he gave that quote. It was fantastic. It's beautiful. So anyway, yeah. That So no more suspensions, hopefully, that we have to figure out. Uh, it's been, like I said earlier in the podcast this week, I'm tired of being the press conference penis. So Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. I think that's what I've learned. It's like... There just has to be that guy. And you know how to do it. I think some people kind of try to be that guy and they don't know how. And you're better at kind of greasing the wheels as you're... Every beat kind of needs that guy. And I don't want to be the jer- I don't want to be a jerk about it to where people on the board are like, Murdoch's a jerk, he hates Bob Stoops and all you football. But it's also better than asking Bob 20 times if but I'm Joe Mixon's going to return up, a punt I'm not leaving week. it up to a student reporter. I'm just not. Because it just pisses Bob off and then the whole press conference falls apart. Yeah. So anyway, um, Josh, I you know I talked to Bob yesterday, just about this recruiting, or, or that was during the press conference about the, this uh, weekend of recruiting, and we played that in our Monday podcast. But I'd asked him yesterday just about the uh, the guys that come in and kind of like, do you even have recruits that are trying to jump on the bandwagon and say, yeah, I'm really interested in Oklahoma. Um, can I come to the game? And Bob said, yeah, absolutely that's happening. And here's, here's that uh, little conversation. You find you, you have to tell kids they can't come, like maybe kids are trying to contact you that, you know, aren't really interested in you or... Oh, yeah, we've done that. Really? Yeah. So you've had to do that this week, so... Yeah. Doesn't surprise you, I guess? No, no, but... Everybody wants a ticket. We've got a good recruiting database and... You know, you're not going to jump on here in the last couple of days. <laughs> not for this game. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing. I know we were talking in in, uh, in our our chat or text around or whatever we have. We're talking like Baron Browning possibly being one of those guys. Uh, but have you heard? I mean, do you hear from like Josh? Do you hear from like fringe recruits that oh, you might be interested in that say, hey, do you think I could get to OU this weekend or anything like that? Oh, yeah. You get that stuff all the time. I mean, I get it from whether it's, you know, like just to put a good example on uh, Grayson Boomer, the 2019 uh, tight end DN from Collinsville. He reached out to me earlier in the week. He's like, hey, man, you think I'll be able to go? Because, I mean, obviously the coaches can't contact him. So for the 2019 guys and younger, it's always really tricky. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like you mentioned Baron Browning. I mean, that that's something I've heard, you know, we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday, uh, excuse me, on Monday, but I've talked to some people since. That happened. He reached out. He wanted to come to the game. And I get the impression, oh, you just told him, look, if you want to do that, it's got to be an official. Like, they, they wanted him to kind of put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. And you got you to gotta spend one of your five on us, or we can't give you that ticket. You know, it's just going to be a guy that's probably – leaning to Ohio State, Ohio State right now, coming to hang out at the game. Um, another that I've heard, really I heard back in the summer, uh, is Jerez Parks, a five-star defensive end from Florida, that has mentioned OU in multiple conversations. And I've talked to some people around OU. He's never talked to OU. He's listed OU in his, like, his top eight or top ten, and he's literally never spoken to anyone on the staff. And so there, there, there's stuff like that that's just – 
weird and it's these kids trying to be around big things and be around these games and you can you know we're we're all college football fans we can understand the the impulse but it's how you get some of these reports well this guy is going to be there well that doesn't really matter or that guy wants to be there it you know there's a reason OU's not bringing him so I it makes sense if you think about it but I understand why everybody thinks oh you should just get these elite guys here it's not always that simple do you think uh Isaiah Pryor tried to come I have not heard that. I it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because it just sparks a memory. His dad called me probably about oh a week ago, and I, in the mix of everything else, I have not gotten back to him. I just realized that now that we're having this conversation. Way to go, Josh. Yeah, yeah. So I've you got lost to own OU that. a commit. I've got to own that error. Yeah, exactly. I probably I probably cost OU the commitment right there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's something, and you know, in his case, he's kind of unique. And that OU wouldn't worry about him. Like, if he showed up, they wouldn't be like, oh, he's, you know, they know dad and they know the kid. Like, they, Isaiah, hey, you know, it's cool if you're here. We understand. We'd love to, you know, let you think about it. But at the same time, we need you to be cool and remember, you know, where you are and that kind of thing. And he's, he's the kind of kid that wouldn't be a problem. But in most situations, OU's going to duck out of something like that. Yeah, and the, what they have, I think I counted 44 we have right now on the Ohio State list. I mean, it's some, Yeah, I did the article today, and I have counted them up, and it was it was 44, yeah, official it, and unofficial. Yeah, and you know, Bob said he's they're legitimately thinking about hiring more people to manage all those kids. Now, we, I don't know if they've done that or not, but that's that to show you how overbooked they are, to use a hotel term. I mean, they, they don't – there's just only so many man hours they can put into these kids, and at some point, I, I guess they got to just make a decision. Joe could kind of be the brother that the doesn't one of the White Walkers do hotel ads now, or not what? the White Walkers? One of the, the 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 what do they call the people that live north of the wall? The, oh, and the Game of Thrones. Uh, the Wildlings. The Wildling. Yeah, you yeah. you could like be like a you could be a Wildling, Joe. Oh, I'd love to be a Wildling. The guy with the red beard, he's awesome. When you said overbooked, I thought that's the guy I'm talking about. He does like. He does some kind of commercials for. Yeah, oh God. I don't know if it's yeah, Best Western right, or something uh, like that. Like Travago or something. You know, yeah, one of those. Like yeah. Online yeah. kind of sites. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to do that. My, my beard, though, I don't know. Once it gets too long, you have to be famous for it to be really long. Otherwise, you just get looks and you start to look a little homeless. If you're famous, it's okay though. We didn't want to say anything, but. <laughs> uh, okay, so. I, I think the most interesting name on the list, I mean, other than we're going to talk about, you know, Marvin and, and, and Okuda, but Kobe Boyce, I mean, what what's the thinking here? He's going to take the official. Josh, I know you and I have been talking about this a little bit. Uh, I don't even think this was in a group thing, but you know, Texas with what's going on there, you got to think that they're laying in wait a little bit. You've told me that you think that, that Robert Barnes and Jalen Rieger are the two guys that Texas would like to try and turn the most. Have you gotten any more feedback that, you know, maybe that list is growing or anything? I really haven't. The one that kind of surprised me when I when I put that question out to some people that, um, you know, are kind of connected to what, what Texas is doing, um, the one that surprised me that I didn't hear was Tyrese Robinson because I got the impression when he committed to OU at Junior Day, that was a not only a surprise to Texas but really kind of a – a sting to them. That was a guy they really wanted. And obviously, you know, we talk about it all the time on this podcast. Those are the guys you can't replicate. You know, Jalen Rager, as good as he is, you can find another slot receiver. I mean, they're especially at a place like Texas. They are there to be found. 
you can't always go find a six foot five, three hundred pound guy that can move his feet. Though those are very, you know, as we all know, very hard to find. So it kind of surprises me that there hasn't been more talk of Texas trying to make a run at him. But in his case, I, I haven't gotten any feeling of in any conversations with Tyrese that he's wavering or that there's any problems. And with Rager, he's kind of become the rumor. Uh, you know, there was even. Um, a rumor earlier this week that he might be, or might be working on an official visit to Texas. Now I've heard nothing to substantiate that. It just it was a rumor that kind of came across, and I checked with a few people, and it does sound like you know he is still talking with Texas and several other schools. And I know that'll send everybody into a panic, but that's just today's age of recruiting. That's the way this goes. But I don't I, like I said I don't know of anything beyond just basic conversations is happening, and he'll be here this weekend. Oklahoma has a chance to just firm up his commitment, make everybody feel good about that situation. So I, I think Oklahoma's still in good shape, but if Texas goes off and you know beats OU in the Cotton Bowl and really has you know a 10-2 really great season and Oklahoma kind of slides back, the, you know we've seen this stuff before. This, this song has been played, and it wouldn't shock me for a minute if Texas got in and stole a few guys. So I, I, I guess I was leading up to that. How worried – do you become about Kobe Boyce? If you're Texas? Yeah, if you're Oklahoma. Oh, you mean just kind of being around the guys yeah. and that sort of Yeah. I honestly I would be pretty surprised if it's a concern. And it's only because I think of Kerry Cooks as such a savvy guy and he is the one recruiting Boyce. He wouldn't bring him in if he thought he was a risk. I mean, Kobe Boyce is clearly telling him the right things. He's getting the right impression. Now Four or five years ago, I'd have been fairly concerned if I'm Oklahoma just because I didn't – we used to talk about it. I didn't know how plugged in OU was or at least how willing they were to accept realities in recruiting. Certain guys that they just weren't going to get or that weren't – you know, Oklahoma more than ever is willing to cut ties with a guy that they're just not going to get. Yeah. Baron Browning being a perfect example. Four or five years ago, they'd have wasted their time on him. Yeah. Um, but now you're just not seeing that. So I think Oklahoma knows the situation with Boyce. They're going to, you know, and you have to remember, he's a DB. He's going to be with Trey Brown and Robert Barnes and Justin Broyles. I can guarantee you if he tried to do something, you know, subversive, Robert Barnes would either step in or let somebody know. I mean, like, the, the, it wouldn't. It wouldn't last long, and he'd be on his way home in a hurry. It's not rocket science. Just say yes, and we'll move on. <laughs> and I, the, th the window passed. I got it. I, I will say that, uh, I mean, Kobe Boyce told me when I talked to him that OU was the first school that ever talked to him, um, that he has an affinity for OU, that even when he had Texas number one, OU was his number two, and he wasn't really even thinking about other schools. So I think he legitimately likes OU. I don't see him as some mole that would come in and try to flip guys to Texas. I don't see that happening. By the way, I was getting a... I'm texting Dusty Dvorak during Josh's State of the Union. I'm trying to get him to call in because I want him to talk about. I want him to talk about this Matt Leinart tweet. The Applebee's. Yeah, I, th I thought that was a pretty well-known story. That he he that Matt. But the, but the funny thing is that that they upgraded to Outback Steakhouse later, like in 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 years just not long after that. and they kept going to outback say i don't know where do they just go to charles or they went to kd's that's the place yeah where they, they used to take kids kd's bj's a lot i've seen them at bj's with kids before yeah i think they it was like i don't know how long they were going to applebee's i can see chuck long like oh, it's applebee's my favorite place we're gonna go there <laughs> the waitress walks up hey chuck <laughs> 
I'll have my usual bourbon steak. Applebee's is by far funnier than any of those other restaurants. It just sounds it funnier when you say that you went on a recruiting visit but and like, got taken to Applebee's. I think there, there was a while it was like Charleston's and, and, and uh, Outback Steakhouse. I mean, do you remember those days, Josh? Oh, I absolutely do because you talk to the guys – you know, and they'd be on visits at like UCLA or, you know, even like Austin, you know, and they'd go to some kind of, I I, posh is not the right word, but a very kind of trendy, cool place. And then they'd come to OU and they're like, yeah, we went to Applebee's or we hit Chili's up. Like Chili's was always a really popular one. And you're like, <laughs> man, that's, get you know, don't crispers. get me wrong. I, I've eaten at both those places. Nothing wrong with it, but not exactly setting up a this is a really special weekend that you'll you won't get to be part of again if you're not at OU so I, you know I, I think they can replicate the Applebee's dinner Applebee's has rats <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was actually getting in a fight with a woman on Twitter about uh, why OU couldn't take him to more Oklahoma centric places I was like this was 2000 lady crazy I guys I've been crazy gone somewhere for three years and it amazes me when I come back to Oklahoma how, like... Little things have changed? Yeah. No, no, how much they... Especially okay. in food. Nowhere more than... Like, there are cool, trendy places to eat in Oklahoma City now. Like, that blows my mind. Like, it used to just be... you If you wanted to eat something kind of unique, you probably ate at home. Waffle Champion. I like Waffle Champion. That's where they should take guys on Sunday mornings. Dude, get a breakfast at the Mule. You'll be very happy. But to go to KD's, I mean, is, is it... It's a 25 mile. Is it 25 mile from like city limits? Do you remember what that rule is, Josh? Or do they extend that some? I think it still exists, but I can never remember because I'm Carrie. I'm with you. I'm always like, how the hell do they go all the way up there? But I mean, it's they never tried. They've that. never tried to hide it. Like it's yeah. clearly got to be within the boundaries. But yeah, I mean, back to to the the number of people. I mean, Bob talked about it earlier this week. You know what a what a undertaking this is. But you got 19 official visitors. You have 25 more unofficials that we know of. So you got 44 people. They're going to have probably two people with them. I mean, you know, at least a parent yeah. and a, a brother or, you know, both parents. Uh, so, I mean, you're talking about bringing in, and let's not forget, it's not like the south end zone is finished. You're still in temporary facilities. Mm-hmm. So you're cramming over another 100 people into those offices, into the bud trying to and that place is small like it's not anywhere near like even what the old switzer center was and then bob's going to be sitting in his office all day and it's going to be like you know it's going to be like people just going in to kiss the ring i mean it's just like he's going to be sitting there okay bring next one in and it's just it's just going to be non-stop for him all day long it's like a miniature meet the sooners day it really is, except he actually cares for the people in front of him. Yes. That's, exactly, he doesn't hate good, that's a good thing to clarify. <laughs> I'm he just does saying care. that's what he Eddie said, care. that he hates everyone. No, I'm he, not saying that. He cares about the people that he's going to see on Saturday. Yes. <laughs> unlike? Unlike the fans that bring their kids. See, there's Eddie taking his own advice. Just double down. It's already out there. You got to own it. Yep. got to own it. Yeah, I mean, he's going to, and that's the thing, it's like, you know, we talked about this too. Like, do you give some too much attention and then alienate others? But I think it's fourteen commits that are coming in. If you count even the twenty eighteen kids, uh, twelve. Well, twelve commits are taking their officials plus Levi Three Draper, more. plus Levi Draper, and then the twenty eighteen kids that are taking their unofficials yeah, it's, as it, well. It's over a quarter of the guys there will be OU commitments. So I mean, that's going to alleviate a little bit. I mean, you're going to have 
uh, you know, guys just coming in and, and uh, I'm trying to look at. So you're the guys that are taking their unofficials this weekend uh, are 2018 Jordan Austin, uh, Levi Draper, of course, 2017 OU commit. He's not taking an official this weekend. And then uh, Bray Walker. And yeah, but. You don't have Broyles anywhere. I can't believe that Justin Broyles wouldn't be there this weekend, right? Oh, well, I, yeah, he'll be at the game. I need to add him. What what I've, I was actually about to lead into that. What I was told is Grant Calcaterra can't make it in for his official this weekend. So Levi and Justin actually decided to delay theirs, and they're going to take oh, it with him good. later yeah. in the year. So just kind of a you know buddies helping out buddies kind of thing. That's very smart. When they were all at, at, out at the opening together, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, overall, guys, I mean, Okuda, we haven't talked about Okuda and, and Marvin yet, but I can't think, I mean, look, you need to win the game. I think that's first and foremost. With those two, you need to win the game. And you don't want to have a bunch of fans. You really don't want to get blown out and have fans booing. I mean, because that will happen if you're getting blown out. And then you're, you're going to start getting into, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet, but you need to win the game. That's what I'm trying to say. And then you have all these commitments there. And I don't know, Josh, you've been around Marvin a lot. We've been, we've all been around Jeff Akuda a little bit. He seems to be a guy that, you know, he's kind of his own guy. He doesn't really, he's not really easily affected. Like Justin Broyles, you could see like at, at RCS, he was all over him all the time. And Akuda was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like he was bothering him or nagging him, but he just doesn't seem to be the guy that's really you don't I don't know what gets Jeff Okuda excited about stuff. Yeah, he seemed to be drawn more towards Trey in Atlanta than anybody else. And Trey's Trey Brown is very low key too. I mean, very kind of quiet. So it makes sense that those two are together. Uh, I, Jeff always when we talk to him, has anybody sounded more grounded and kind of understood where they are, what they need to be saying, and. Uh, he, he doesn't seem like somebody that's going to be affected too much by that one way or the other. And to his credit, did it without saying absolutely nothing. You know, he, he gave yeah. us something, but at the same time, like you said, Joe, was very aware of his surroundings, didn't, you know, say anything crazy or outlandish or headline worthy, but he did give you something. So, you know, kind of to go back to our early, good for Jeff Okuda. But, you know, with him, I, Kerry, you're absolutely right. He is a guy... He's very savvy. He's not going to let one thing sway him or, you know, turn turn the tide of his whole recruitment. So what I've kind of said all week is if Oklahoma wins this game, that doesn't mean they get Jeff Okuda. If they lose this game, I think it's very, very hard to envision them getting Jeff Okuda. So, like, it, it's, it's not exactly either or, but if OU doesn't win, I – I think the Jeff Okuda train has probably left the station. I mean, just because he's there, he sees it up close, he sees Ohio State beating Oklahoma, That that's just going to be a tough image to shake, especially considering that, you know, what is Oklahoma or what does Oklahoma win with Ohio State over other than distance from home? I mean, more recent national championships, Urban Meyer and all his success, one of the few coaches that can actually claim more than Bob Stoops. So there, there are just not a lot of things that OU can hang their hat on with Jeff Okuda, who's not a native Texan, not a guy that's going to be caught up in that whole uh, staying close to home. I don't think that's as big a deal for him as for some kids. So they need to have, you know, hey, you saw us, you were here, we're better, and we're young, you know, and we're still very young. We're going to keep getting better for the next few years. We're recruiting better. You know, I mean, there are pitches they can make, but I think they're very reliant on OU winning that game. Josh, 
uh, on the flip side with Marvin Wilson, I know you had uh, reported recently that you're hearing that he, Oklahoma actually is in pretty good shape there. You would like what you've been hearing. It almost feels like with him, if Oklahoma wins, they could jump into the lead very well. But if Oklahoma loses, that it could be it. And it's almost like that extreme with Marvin Wilson. Am, am I crazy in that assessment? I think I, – I, I do think that if Oklahoma wins this game, if they're not number one, they're 1B. I mean, they're, they're right there with whoever else is involved. What's been interesting is through the spring and summer, there was so much talk of LSU. And then kind of later into July and August, you started hearing Alabama a lot. But over the last month, I keep hearing Oklahoma and Texas, and I, Florida State as well. Florida State has to be um, – I, I know talking to some people around Norman, there's some very legitimate concern about Florida State and kind of the pitch they're making to him right now. They've got some top-shelf recruiters that are working him really hard. But I, I get the impression that if Oklahoma wins this game, they'll probably be on top. And the other interesting thing is it's starting to feel a little like an Oklahoma-Texas battle. Like with Texas making this run, Marvin admitted it when, uh, when Eddie and I talked to him a couple weeks ago that he'd kind of grown up a Texas fan, always kind of liked Texas. And so for them to make, you know, start to make some headway and start to maybe look like a, a program kind of finally getting things back in the right direction, that can change everything. And that, that'll be interesting to watch, but at the same time, He's got a longer, better relationship with Oklahoma, and I think he really likes Calvin Thibodeau. So I, I think there is, there's some connection there that Texas won't just easily overcome. But it does. it's starting to feel a little bit like a Big 12 battle right now. Jeez, oh man, this is a, he's, a, he's a guy now. So, I mean, and Marvin to me, and Eddie, you've been around him a bunch too. I mean, he likes attention. He likes kind of being part of a group I mean, I, to me, it seems like he is more easily swayed. Like, if he comes in, you've got all these commits in, everybody rouses around him and says, hey, you, we want you to be the big dog of our class. We want you to be the bell. I mean, I think that's the best way to sell this weekend to Marvin Wilson. I think it only helps, too, that Oklahoma will have 13 commits in, the, in that class there to kind of, I don't necessarily wouldn't say push him along, but I would say kind of be there and reinforce every idea that is thrown at him by a coach and and be able to kind of give him a firsthand uh, firsthand experience or firsthand knowledge of what 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 he should expect and it will be uh it'll be really interesting to see if Oklahoma can uh, play well this weekend and uh who knows if uh everything can come together for him uh, with their recruitment of uh, Morgan Wilson just uh, pop on the video that uh, we shot in Atlanta of Marvin Wilson. You'll see what kind of personality that guy has. I mean, he's a real-life goon, as he said multiple times. I mean, that guy, he's a social butterfly, and he's intense. By the way, I think the best way to describe Jeff Okuda, he's just not slutty. Like, you may get him out for a second date. Doesn't mean you're going to get him into the bedroom. Makes you work for it? He makes you work for it. That's the, one of the best analogies I've ever heard. He's not slutty. Uh, okay, official visitors, Josh. Guys that aren't committed. I'm thinking of guys like Adrian Ely. When I look down the list, of course, we've talked about the five stars. Uh, Greg Rogers is an interesting case study, I think. Um, Tyler Taylor. Tyler Taylor. I mean, yeah, Tyler Taylor's interesting. Who, who could just get blown away, if anybody, in this visit? And oh, you could end up with a commitment on Sunday. The two I think that you really need to keep an eye on are Jakir Daly and Adrian Ely. I think with Daly, 
Uh, he took his first official visit to Iowa State uh, for their season opener, and I think – you know, I don't think we have to go into much depth of how this is going to look very, very different from Iowa State. Um, and I think Oklahoma, really it's been Oklahoma and Notre Dame as far as elite schools that are really involved with his recruitment and making that push. And I, I've got to feel like with Oklahoma bringing him in early, they have a position of need. And it's, it's a, it's, you know, as a, depending on what scheme he is in, He's more or less of a kind of sexy recruit for a school. But as Oklahoma, they can say, hey, we're going to stand you up. You're going to rush from the outside linebacker spot. You're going to be our guy like Oboe out there. You know, see, see Oboe chasing everybody? That's what we want you doing. And that's, that's something they can pitch to him. And if Oklahoma can win this game, have a really good weekend, it, to me, he's the most likely of all the commitments. Adrian Ely is a guy that I think a month ago I felt like was almost a shoe-in to commit on this trip. But I've talked to him some this week, and we'll have some of it, uh, some stuff in the scoop tomorrow. He sounds like a guy that wants to take his time a little bit, but I, I get the impression he keeps waiting to find out where he is with LSU. If LSU's serious about him or if they're not, I don't think that they are, barring missing out on several other offensive tackles. So he's a guy that I think it's a little reliant on what's, uh, what another school does. But there's no question he loves Bill Biedenboe. He's claimed OU as his leader for over a month now. So it's not at all out of the realm of possibility for him to make a decision. I just think he might forestall a little bit. Yeah, I talked to Daly a little bit, and just uh, the impression I get from him uh, is that Oklahoma is very exciting to him. He's very uh, – I think it's new to him. Uh, he likes the idea of going to a huge game like this with a, a blue blood and a powerhouse – uh, he seems like somebody that, if everything goes right, could get really swept up in it. It, it wouldn't shock me at all. He, he, he loves the idea of uh, Oklahoma and the college football powerhouse. So, yeah, like Josh said, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if Daly pulled the trigger. 2018 kids, any, anything you could see developing there over the weekend? Not particularly. I mean, there, you know, obviously you've got some guys making repeat trips. I think – the one, and Joe could probably speak to him probably every bit as well as I can, is Patrick Fields from Tulsa Union. Yeah. He feels like a win-not-if situation. I mean, he, it's just oh, a yeah. matter of him deciding he wants to go ahead and pull the trigger and jump on board. And, again, you get these emotional situations. These are the kind of games that for they're not going to turn a kid that's 50-50 into a commitment. That's not really how that's going to happen. But a guy that's kind of thinking about it, he's kind of getting an idea, and then Oklahoma wins some great game against Ohio State on national television, guys get swept up in that. Happens all the time. So he's the kind of guy you want to keep an eye on um, as a possibility. But there are several 2018 guys that Oklahoma has a chance to make a real impression on. I think Mustafa Muhammad would be as important as any of them, being one of the best tight ends in the country uh, in that 2018 class. So there, there's again, you just can't overstate how big this weekend could be for Oklahoma. You, you talk about the 2017 class. We know how close they are. Can you, kind of, can you kind of start to see, even though Cameron Rising won't be in town, can, can those 2018 commits kind of start building their own family-type situation down there with so many 2018 targets and offers Bray, on campus? Bray Walker, um, just looking through the, I mean, you Jordan Bray Austin. Bray Walker, Jordan Austin. Jordan Austin. Yeah. Those will be the two. And, it's, and then you got guys like Proctor and, and like you mentioned, yeah. Fields. I mean, mm -hmm. guys that could end up really – because, I mean, let's face it, this class, this 2017 class, 
Justin Broyles jumped on board, and then he kind of then the the snowball started rolling downhill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Fields pulled the trigger tomorrow. It wouldn't shock me if he didn't and waited a few months. But I think as Josh put it, Fields is a win not if scenario. His his family's got some OU fans in it. He he's grew up kind of an OU fan. I think that one's gonna happen. And, and it wouldn't shock me if it happened tomorrow. And like I said, it wouldn't shock me if it happened in a month. Yeah, but with Eddie's question, it's such a. It'll be tough based on what they have right now. With Jordan Austin's a guy that I think his connection is stronger to the players because of Dakota. He has a lot of familiarity with what the roster already has, and maybe you know the bond is better there than it is even with the 2017 guys like Jalen Rager and some of those guys that he knows. But and then with Bray, I think we all know Bray's a fairly quiet cat, man. He's not going to be the guy out there recruiting everybody and getting involved in that sort of stuff. That's just not his deal. So yeah, I think I think the, for Bray, just kind of talking to people around him, it's almost like this needs to be a trip just to keep him kind of invested in OU. Almost, it almost feels I, like a business relationship. Is that crazy? No, I I think they uh, you know his. His family, they you know, they like OU. There's no question about it. But I mean, would I think it was crazy if you told me six months from now Bray's talking to Ohio State and Florida State? And uh, no, I mean, this is a guy that literally by this time next year will be able to go anywhere he wants to in the country. So Bray taking a look around won't shock me. But I just I don't feel like Bray wants to deal with that headache. So I think that's probably OU's safest reality is that he knows he likes Oklahoma. He's comfortable there. And getting his feet back into that chaos is just not something he's interested in, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's a guy that, you know, uh, I remember somebody was asking Orlando Brown a question about how he, you obviously have Sunday aspirations. Like, you just there's some people that obviously have that in them, and Bray Walker is one of those guys. He's just got that frame. He's got that ability. He has Sunday aspirations. So, like I was saying earlier, when I said it was like a business um, relationship, I meant that in Bray's kind of looking for some place that's going to get him to the league. Uh, he wants to be a top ten pick with with his kind of size. If you're if you do that, you're going to be pretty much set for life. So uh, Oklahoma has a history like Trent Williams and Lane Johnson in recent years of getting top five picks at offensive tackle the NFL. He's nearby, so as long as they can keep him around and keep that relationship going, it, it makes sense for OU. Uh, I we don't have to make this a, a, as long as most of our podcast. Uh, I I do want to say this real quick. Um, you know, just everybody that's been listening. Uh, subscribing and uh, downloading the podcast. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're doing two this week. Uh, we're going to see how this goes, see how we can carry the workload a little bit uh, and uh, see if OU wins, basically. <laughs> I mean, if they win, uh, you know, maybe we can keep doing more and more of these as we go. Uh, but I just want to remind everybody, uh, if you subscribe on iTunes, it makes the process so much easier. I mean, we upload the uh, uh, SoundCloud is, is our host, so when we upload it there, then it propagates to iTunes and Stitcher in uh, Google Play Store. But if you're a subscriber like iTunes or subscriber to Stitcher, it'll come into your inbox like almost immediately on those apps. So it's it's really easy for you to, to get the latest episodes and not have to go back and search them out. It'll just do it for you. Uh, SoundCloud is the same way. You can uh, subscribe to us on there as well. But uh, want to remind people if you could, it helps us tremendously if you go on to iTunes if you're an iOS user and and just give us a rating. You don't have to write out a review. Uh, it's nice. That we appreciate all the great kind words that we've had on there. Uh, we've had some awesome reviews from people that have gone on there, and, and thank you for that. Uh, but definitely 
do that. Check that out. Uh, give us a review because it, it all helps. Uh, and so, guys, with that, I mean, I don't know. Is, is there anything you want to try and wrap up here with recruiting uh, coming up this weekend? Any any big question? I'll jump in and get this out of the way. Uh, uh, you can check out the hoop scoop I posted today. It has some uh, a pretty good quote in there about OU and their chances of Trey Young, uh, who's the five star from Norman North that's visiting this weekend. So it's not just a big football weekend for recruits. Uh, he's the lone official visitor they have. Uh, they're going to bring out the red carpet treatment. They're going to take him to dinner, not Applebee's. Uh, they're going to bring him to Bob Stoops and David Bourne. They're going to try to do everything they can to uh, make him feel good this weekend. He's from Norman, though. I mean, really, where are you going to take him that's going to impress him? That's I mean, you'd have to take him up to Oklahoma City. I know a place on Campus Corner that he hasn't probably been before. Pad Thai? I was going to say, does it start with an S? Yes, it starts with an S. Sugars? No. <laughs> <laughs> How's the buffet? You want to see something you've never seen before, Trey? <laughs> <laughs> what a... There, there might a woman with one leg dancing on stage. <laughs> I have a That's rebuttal, a but I don't know if I can say it. Don't. <laughs> when in doubt, Eddie, no. Okay. Yes. You ever? No, never mind. I think I, I think there is like a someone showed me like a, a thing that's floating around out there that like tips for Norman if you're coming to town, and one of them is like a nice restaurant, Sugars. So there might be some people from Columbus stepping in there, uh, unbeknownst on Saturday, which could be fun. That'd be pretty cool. I'm glad that the fervor over the Lloyd Noble thing died down. Well, we got bigger fish to fry now. I mean, Austin backup Kendall. backup quarterbacks are uh, giving bulletin board material. That was such a stupid thing. Like, yeah. OU does that when they go, like, I won't name names, but I saw some idiot attacking OU over this. And, like, the vice president of the alumni had to, like, was going through it individually and talking to people. And he was detailing, like, when they went to UCLA, UCLA, they rented out their baseball field and had a party on their, their, their baseball field. And all, Florida State, they did all. This is common. Like, it happens all the time with big schools. That really sucks. When you have to OU go through... goes to Ohio State next year, Ohio State will rent something out to their alumni group. Sucks that he has to go through responding to all the fans about stuff like that. I, that one caught fire, though. I mean, that, my wife told me at work that they were talking about how the Lloyd Noble Center got rented out. So, I mean... That one really seemed it was kind of one of those cord. stupid viral things. Like, I don't know. What, I'm not calling the fans stupid. I'm just saying people that get riled up about that. That's that's why that's why clickbait exists because of this. When you open up your browser and it crashes because there's so many damn ads on the page that it can't handle it, that's you're the reason why because you're interested in stories like that. <laughs> But we don't worry about clickbait. We stick with puns on our headlines. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I'm just glad that everything that goes into say it. Something. No, I'm. I'm just good. I'm. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready for Saturday. How bad are you going to be if they lose this one, Eddie? Is it uh, going to be Houston? Time oh no, I. I think they are going to lose, so I won't be too bad. Okay. Well, let's give some predictions. Oh. I think I'm going to go 34-23. Ohio State. I just don't. It's I just don't one know. One more point than Houston scored. Yeah, I just don't know if OU can come up with enough stops defensively. I do think though that it is a good situation, and I hate the people that not hate the people, but I I just don't buy the the crowd has to be just uberly loud and everything like that. But I do think that they can they can change the game just in that early you get 
the crowd into the game. You get some turnovers early. If OU can force some turnovers, something that they haven't been able to do early in games or any game this year, I think that maybe they have themselves a chance to win the game. I just don't know. I, I think they're going to they're gonna have to prove it. It's disturbing that this defense has shown no signs of being able to turn over the other team. Well, and it's really strange, too, because I was trying to look back to last year, and didn't they have a lot? They they didn't start the year forcing a lot of turnovers, and things kind of switched in that Tennessee game, and they started getting a couple turnovers, You're and, right, yeah. and then they came in bunches. So right. I think once they're able to get one, maybe you're able to start doing it a little bit more. But uh, you got to go make a play on the ball. you got to go be able to to do things defensively that uh, that give JT Barrett trouble and I think that there's you know there's question marks along the defensive line with uh, Charles Walker status going into Saturday and it's going to it's going to be really interesting to see how some of these guys that haven't really performed in big games go out and uh, kind of prove it on Saturday uh, and then of course the offensive side of the ball it's it's kind of a question mark they're going to have to go do it in front of a team that is uh, obviously very talented and I just don't know if they can I'll tell you this. I felt a lot better about OU's chances today before the Austin Kendall stuff happened. And the reason why is because OU's 1-1. One one. They've lost to Houston. They've lost to a team that runs the same offense that Ohio State does. Ohio State's a very young team. They're coming on the road for their first game. They've won their first two games against subpar competition. I think two things. I think Ohio State may have been overconfident in not taking this OU team all that seriously because they were one-on-one and they had lost to Houston. Now I think they're going to come in pissed off, which is the worst possible thing. they could. And why Bob Stoops wanted nothing like this to happen and never wants stuff like this to happen. Now they're, they're spending you know the next 48 hours pissed off, ready to come in here and kill Baker Mayfield because of a backup quarterback, because of an idiot backup quarterback to bar Peyton Manning's phrase on the on the flip side of that though don't don't you think that throughout the entire week OU's being sold in the locker room and everywhere else as the underdog the the they don't deserve to be on this stage don't you think that a lot of that is going in or coming from the coaches this week that uh, people don't think that you can be on this stage with these guys I think they're trying to rebuild the confidence and that's what you saw out of Austin Kendall being cocky like that but it's, I mean, they better not think that they're, they've fixed this thing because they've got, like you said, they've got some issues. Well, and there, there's no better way to do it than go out and win on Saturday and play well. I'm going with Ohio State, too. But how long can, In a close one. How long can that, that, that pissed-offness last? I mean, I, surely that energy amps you up and gets you going. But, I mean, you know, second quarter, 10 minutes left. You're, I think they have enough talent it doesn't matter because JT Barrett's a really good quarterback. I mean, if it's... If it's even, you know, if, if I think OU needed to be able to come out and, and, you know, make some big plays happen early and get Ohio State to second-guess themselves because of their youth. Yeah. The, if, it's, if it's tied at halftime, I think Ohio State wins. Yeah, I agree. To me, a lot of it's on Parrish Cobb. I mean, Eddie mentioned it earlier, this team hasn't had turnovers, and part of that's because last year they had Zach Sanchez. And Zach Sanchez, you had nowhere to throw the ball. Zach Sanchez had seven interceptions. Jordan Thomas had five interceptions. This year, they have a place to throw the ball. They throw to the number two guy. They throw to whoever Jordan Thomas isn't covering. So if Parrish Cobb can force JT Barrett to make throws that he doesn't want to make, have to throw it at guys like Stephen Parker and Jordan Thomas, maybe. Maybe if Oklahoma can get those turnovers early. I think that's one of the keys is Parrish Cobb really needs to step up. Josh, any thoughts? 
Yeah, you know, you guys were talking about the uh, the turnovers, and that's that's just a baffling number, especially when you look at how many Ohio State's created. Because you talk about what creates turnovers, it's usually pressures, you know, that sort of thing. Oklahoma is one of the top teams in the country in tackles for loss right now. They're at 19. Ohio State has 11. They're like yeah. 80th in the country. And I know it's two games, but it's two games against vastly inferior opponents. I mean, you would expect their numbers to be in much better shape. And so for me, I, I feel like maybe some of the turnovers, you know, have been a little – I mean, I, I don't mean in Ohio State's case. I mean in Oklahoma's. I feel like it's been a little fluky. I think they've gotten – Maybe with with all the problems they've had at the one corner, I think maybe that's allowed for some things to look worse than they actually were. So I've gone back and forth all week because I'm with you guys. I think Ohio State's a more talented team. I think they're probably a little bit better up front. Not a lot, and it it might even be a a draw in that respect. But I think with the home crowd, I think with Oklahoma having experience, they played in these sort of games, you know, Ohio State, even their best players, Raekwon McMillan's one of the few that's played on really elite stages to a large degree. So I'm going to pick Oklahoma. I think I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be tremendously close. I'm going to something like 31-27, 31-24. Maybe the late score separates OU. But I, 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 I get the Ohio State pick. I just think Oklahoma, with their backs against the wall, kind of finds some way to get it done. Can I- Josh is here to save subscriptions. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I think, can I say this, that a, a Oklahoma blowout of Ohio State, to me, is much more likely than Ohio State blowout of Oklahoma. It's I agree. Fu- it's, it's I agree with that. I agree with that as well. I, I think it's really funny, too, that you know you talk to all the fans this week. I've talked to a couple buddies, and 10 years ago, there would have been no question who you're picking in this game. Teams come into Norman, they just got beat. That just happened. Yeah. And uh, going into this week, it's kind of like that that final crutch that fans are on and that OU is going to win because Oklahoma teams always have responded under Bob Stoops in this situation when they're picked against. And, uh, you know, I, I think more than anything, I'm just interested to see how that plays out. Uh, you know, and if we're talking about a close game, it's it's kind of interesting that I don't think it's getting played up that much. Ohio State's place kicker, you can Walk say all you want, but about freshman. Austin Siebert and his trouble in the Houston Siebert. game. but. Uh, Everybody's calling him Seibert. It's Seibert. It's always been Seibert. He made one. He made his first field goal last week against Tulsa. Yeah, and he hasn't attempted one longer than twenty nine yards. So that I think that's something to keep an eye on if it's a close game. It's interesting. They they certainly are due after Houston's kicker couldn't miss a damn thing. Yeah, and kicked yeah. his field his career long. That's a good kicker though. He might be in the NFL one day. Pipe down. <laughs> like that kicker analysis. <laughs> the way I remember Cybert, Cy- by the way, yes. is Cyborg. It's like uh, Austin Cyborg, Austin Cybert. I just remember it's Cybert. Uve Van Schaumann followed at, him on Twitter last night. <laughs> oh, that was a great tweet. Andy. I broke that news. Now, yeah, what? That's great. Uve Van Schaumann. Yeah. What about him? He followed Austin Cybert on Twitter last night. Cybert. Cybert. What did I say? Cybert? <laughs> yeah, Dakota. Well, he needs to make field goals, kick him through the back of the end zone, and I'll start calling him his name right. You know, Dakota Johnson over there is getting pretty uppity about this last name thing. Oh. Hey, when I get my chance, and I'm not the one screwing up names, you're damn right I'm going to be arrogant about it. Well, then, for for posterity's sake, it's it's Rager. Jalen Rager, not Rieger. All right, All right you got here we me. Go. It's like a, yep. I think the rule needs to be, though... That I can't or, be involved, you have, or they no, have to be an OU You have player. to do it immediately. Is this the airing of grievances right now? <laughs> By the way, I think Eddie needs a shirt that says, Bob Stoops hates your kids. 
it's just been that week, man. I mean, I've pissed off uh, Monday uh, for some reason, unbeknownst to me, I was going to go on a rampage to piss off everyone. Bob Stoops and Glue. I pissed off lesbians and sexually aggressive softball players because of Mike Leach on the radio. I don't, know if that's a, I don't know if that's a group to uh, piss off. Yeah, I don't... Mm-mm. Well, junior college softball teams, I mean, that was his thing. He said, we play like a JC softball team. I said, Mike, I don't know if you've ever been around a junior college softball team because I have, but it's full of a bunch of either mean lesbians or sexually aggressive <laughs> straight women. They don't mess around. So... You think that... <laughs> You think that lady that we passed on I-35 come back from Houston ever played softball? That was on the motorbike? Oh, yeah. She was. I you tweeted that picture? Yeah, I tweeted it. I said that uh, she could kick my ass. She, she could, could kick both of our asses. I bet she played the same time. Yeah. She'd kick Mike Leach's ass. Probably most no of doubt. his team. No oh, doubt. I would pay to watch that. All right. We've gone over. We said we were going to cut it short, but we didn't. Uh, Josh McQuistion, enjoy your weekend. What are you doing? Where, where are you going uh, football-wise this weekend? It looks as I may – this may actually be the first weekend of break um, with all that's going on with all the recruits to call on Sunday and everything. I may actually give myself off tomorrow. I that's am fine. considering going to see Ondario Robinson, the defensive end, but he doesn't – not exactly playing a great opponent tomorrow night, so I'm not sure that's going to work out either way. Yeah. I'm, I, I think we're all cool if you just take it easy. Yeah. Yeah, I will be headed. I think, and Joe might join me. I'm headed out to see uh, 2017 Oklahoma commit Creed Humphrey on uh, Friday night under the Friday night lights of uh, Shawnee High School, uh, and they're playing Booker T. So get another look at Daxon Hill. It should be uh, pretty hmm. good. And I hope to talk to him about his uh, U.S. Army induction. Very good. Is that the way to put it. Uh, selection. Selection. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for. He's us. not being inducted they into the army. Yeah, that no. would impress me. <laughs> well, he wouldn't be at OU then. I'm, I'm excited to get some Dax Hill footage. I saw him against Midwest City, and I want to go with Eddie again so we can get some Scoop HD, and I can talk about him. He is very, very, very impressive for the 2019 class. All right. Josh, any words of wisdom for the kids out there before we let you go? No. You know, I I, I, I kind of thought you were going to turn that into a segment for a while, like we were going to have a weekly I words of bad, wisdom. I feel bad, but you just haven't. We've we've been busting your balls too much, probably. I know you guys. You guys have killed all my individuality. You know, I've just got to be, you know, the drone now. No, you're not the drone. You're just some <laughs> big-headed dude that drives a gigantic truck in the middle of Houston, the worst traffic it's... in the history of the world. <laughs> like you know, a Prius might come to mind, but no. Let's you, you'll get me truck. making no defense of Houston ever. So you, you just tear this city apart for all I'm concerned. I don't yeah. I liked Houston. I enjoyed it. I'd miss El Tiempo already. Ooh, I mm. do too. Who wouldn't? I'm hey, I'm getting ready to drive uh drive around campus real quick to see, kind of get a feel for everything. If I don't see one fraternity house with a Harambe sign outside, I might freak out. So <laughs> uh just a fair warning. All right, that's Eddie Radosevich. <laughs> that's Joe Duvall. I am Kerry Murdoch. Josh McQuistian is back in his home studio. Uh, but until next time, hopefully, we will be back talking about it. Trust me, we're, you can say, oh, you guys are fans. Are you fans? We hope that OU wins this weekend. That's one thing that we will, I think we can all agree on, right? Makes our We would like easier. to see an OU win this, this weekend. Absolutely. Doesn't mean we're going to be cheering in the press box or anything like that. But hopefully for you guys... And us. There will be a win. Recruiting will go well. And we'll have plenty to talk about here next week. 
uh, on the unofficial 40. So until next time, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you then.